0: You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the book of Acts in chapter 2, and this is the story of the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had come, they, being the disciples, were all together in one place, Because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are all of these who are speaking not Galilean? How is it that, that we hear them? We hear each of them in our, in our own native language. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya bordering Cyrene, And visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed and said to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, oh, they're just filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, people of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known and listen to what I say. Indeed, these people are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see dreams. Even upon slaves, both men and women, in in those days I will pour out my Spirit, and they shall prophesy." And I will show portents of the heavens above and signs on earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on my name and on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter said to them, "'Repent and be baptized, every one of you, "'in the name of Jesus Christ, that your sins may be forgiven, "'and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. "'For the promise is for you, for your children, "'and for all who are far away, "'everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him.' And he testified to them with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, "'Save yourself from this corrupt generation.' So those who welcomed his message were baptized." And that day, about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer. And we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, amen. So when I started feeling called to ministry during the last two months of my senior year of high school, I couldn't help but feel like God was ruining everything. From the very first moments of my senior year of high school, or my freshman year of high school, to the very closing moments of my senior year of high school, I had everything figured out. I mean, at least as as much as figured out as a high school freshman can have figured out. But it's true that music defined my high school experience and my goal was to become a band teacher. Every ensemble that I could be a part of at Gregory High School, I was a part of. I was a part of concert band and jazz band and concert choir and then this smaller audition choir that we could not think of a good name for, so we just called it Elite Choir. I didn't pick the name. Every study hall that I had, I hall-passed out of to go to the band room. I was in the band room before school, and then during my senior year of high school, I had the opportunity to either take calculus or to be a teacher's assistant, a student teacher's assistant, to my band director. Guess which one I picked? I took two days of calculus and dropped the class. And I became the cross pier for Miss Jackson, our band teacher. And my cross-peer period was during her middle school band period, and so because Ms. Jackson knew the direction of my life and where things were heading, she let me get directing experience right there during my senior year of high school. I took those middle schoolers through their warm-ups before band every single day. I worked with the percussion section and taught private lessons. And then because of how things were progressing, I was even given the opportunity to direct an entire song on the spring concert in front of God and everybody. But then God showed up. With two months to go, in my senior year, God showed up. And it felt like God ruined everything. I was being called into into ministry and it was undeniable and it was inescapable, but just because it felt so undeniable doesn't mean that it was a peaceful process. It hurt. Even as I was coming to terms and accepting the fact that this is not going to be what I was going to do, it felt still like God was just ruining everything. He was ruining plans and redirecting passions. And obviously music is still important to me, but it is not the most important thing. It does not define my existence the way that it once did. But wonder with me for just a second. Was it that God was ruining everything? Or was God simply setting me free to live the life that God intended for me in the first place? Am I just one who has been set free? When Jesus died on the cross, I am sure that the disciples felt like God was ruining everything. The disciples had their lives figured out. They had their plan in place. They were going to continue to follow Jesus and felt pretty confident in that trajectory. But everything changed when Jesus died on the cross. Everything changed in the light of the resurrection, They were set free by Jesus to find freedom and find salvation, but the plans that they had for their lives were significantly altered. What do you mean Jesus died? What do you mean Christ is risen? What do you mean Christ ascended? Now what? The answer to that, now what, is Pentecost. Because on Pentecost, it was the Holy Spirit who set the disciples free. We read in our scripture that when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together gathered in one place. And doesn't that just sound a little familiar? If you follow the entire Easter story, it seems like the disciples stayed in an upper room, gathered, sequestered throughout the entire situation. In the aftermath of Jesus' death and resurrection, they hid in an upper room. When Cleopas and the other disciple had their experience on the walk to Emmaus, they came back and found the disciples all in one place. A week after the resurrection, when Thomas had his great moment of doubting Jesus and then having his doubt satiated by Jesus, they were all together in one place. Have they moved in 50 days? I'm honestly asking because I'm not sure. But either way, the disciples are gathered together in one place and Pentecost happens. And maybe God isn't ruining everything. Maybe it is God setting them free to do what they, was, what they were intended to do all along. Because on that day of Pentecost, The Holy Spirit came like a violent and rushing wind, like a wind that swept over creation in the first place in Genesis 1. And the Holy Spirit danced above them in tongues of fire as a flame in the same way that God made himself known to Moses in Exodus 3. And the Galilean disciples began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability which means that they were able to talk to devout Jews from all across the world in that moment. And the crowds gathered, and they jeered, and they dismissed the experience of the disciples in an upper room. And in that moment, Peter is set free from the constraints of gathering together with the disciples, and Peter is set free to speak. And speak Peter did. He may not have known what was going to happen next, but he knew what he was being asked of in this moment. He was being asked to defend the disciples. Hey, they're not drunk, it's nine o'clock in the morning. And he was asked to provide context for what has just happened And in this famous first sermon of the Christian church, Peter lays out how this indwelling of the Holy Spirit, this moment that they found themselves in, was nothing more than a continuation of God's mighty and saving acts. And he quotes to them from words that they would have known, from the words of the prophets and the kings, and then he builds a bridge to Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus, the one about whom they were wrong. Jesus, the one who set them free. And just like that, the church is off to the races as 3,000 persons repent of their sin and commit to finding freedom in Jesus and enter the waters of baptism. With their newfound freedom, they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing meals together, and to prayer. The Spirit was alive and active in them. The Spirit was transforming them. And the Spirit was transforming the disciples, too. I mean, it's fitting that Peter is the one that has this amazing moment. Peter, the rock upon whom God will build the church. But as the rest of the lives of the disciples unfold, they will all have that moment when it is apparent that the Spirit is now leading them into God's preferred future for their lives. Could it be that God wasn't ruining everything, but was setting the disciples free to live the lives that God had intended for them? Think of your own lives for just a moment. Have you ever had plans changed to the point where it felt like God had ruined everything? Have you ever had dreams delayed or passions and priorities shifted? And that process can hurt. But wonder with me for just a second is God really ruining your life? Or are you being set free by the Holy Spirit to live the life that God intended in the first place? In Christ, we are set free to live. We are set free to live our lives and our lives of faith without worrying about doing it wrong. We are set free to choose to serve in Jesus' name and maybe even transform the world because of that choice. But without this freedom that comes from the Holy Spirit, our freedom is incomplete. Without the Holy Spirit moving and operating in the way that Jesus promised in John chapter 14, the Holy Spirit becoming an advocate, becoming a teacher, and the Holy Spirit reminding us of all that Jesus taught. Without our freedom in the Holy Spirit, our freedom is incomplete. Without our freedom in the the name of the Holy Spirit, none of this happens. The church isn't what it is. You are not who you are. I am not who I am. Friends in Christ, the Spirit is alive and acting and moving in our lives so that we can experience complete freedom and use that freedom for God's purposes. God isn't ruining everything. God, through the Spirit, is setting us free. And so let us live. Would you pray with me? Mighty and rushing spirit, active presence of God, you are in the business of making us new, of transforming us into what you would have us to be. Help us to remember that you have good in mind for us. And that what you're doing is not ruining, but is empowering, is inspiring, is liberating. In God's name and for God's purposes. In your powerful name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a videocast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.